in to Old Navy for $2 cozy socks today only. Plus, tomorrow only get 50% off all sweaters for the family. Don't miss out. Hurry in for $2 cozy socks today at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Socks valid 217, outerwear valid 218, excludes in-store clearance. Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Latrice Ross. And welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning to all the truth seekers. Latrice, thank you for being with us this morning. We also have on a couple of special guests for this morning's discussion question. Go ahead and let that out the bag. Is a man a provider if he pays half the bills? I have on returning guests, uh, D'Amico's, Coach D'Amico's, as well as Yeah Sasa Ekpo. Thank you, Kings, for being with us this morning for this morning. I believe to be a very lively discussion, but as always, say hello to all the truth seekers out there listening. And Coach D'Amico's, we'll actually uh, start with you, King, if you will say hello, and also give a little bit of your background as we get this thing started this morning. Thanks for being with us. Hey, good morning, everyone. Uh, Coach D'Amico's here, career coach. I basically I, I help uh, individuals who have a fear uh, who have a fear of uh, uh, launching a profitable business, um, and I also part of my business uh, model is helping black men uh, reach the premier version of themselves. And uh, I've been doing this about going on four years now, and uh, and I'm excited. Hey, <laughs> right, should be a good one. Yeah. King, if you will, say hello to the two seekers out there and give us a little bit of your background going into this morning's uh, discussion as well. Uh, good morning, everyone. My name is Yasasasso, <laughs> a.k.a. Lionheart. Um, I'm just a traditional man who goes about reconnecting my people to the original organic traditions of our people, helping them reconnect back to what was lost, um, especially to our people here in America. So it's something I've been doing for a while. And I'm very passionate about it and because and, if you know who you are, you're able to be more successful collectively as a community. So it's more about collective success than individual success. 
not absolutely. And I know when you say in America, if you will, just throw out your um, your background from that standpoint. Oh, uh, my background is where I'm from. Absolutely, yeah. Because again, you always refer yeah, to it, yeah. so I just like to make it real clear, uh, or whatever you'll say back <laughs> yeah, home. Nigeria. People don't know what back home is, but you always, yeah, yeah if you don't mind throwing it out there. Cause, yeah. yeah, I've had you on before, and I want to make sure that's out there. All right, Latrice, right. Well, we we have both of our special guests introduced, if you will. Thank you, Queen, for being with me and helping me co-host this morning. Say hello to both of our guests and let people know a little bit of your background as you helped me get through this morning's is a man a provider if he pays half the bill discussion question. Go ahead, Queen. Thanks for being with us. Lord George. Thank you. Good morning and happy Saturday. Um, I'm ecstatic to be here. Uh, Particularly this conversation, my my background is professionally I'm a a, um, diversity and inclusion professional, consultant, um, HR background. So, um, I'm a very curious individual, and so when these kinds of questions arise, I go down the various rabbit holes that my research leads me to, and oftentimes um, my perspective may not be what some might believe it to be. Um, and I think this is going to be a very lively conversation tonight, today, and I'm looking forward to it. You see, I'm wide awake this morning, uh, absolutely, yeah. I'm like, wow. I'm like, Teresa, the one bringing light to the show today. I think, hey, bro. <laughs> yeah, everybody else. Early. Yeah, wow. yeah, absolutely, yeah. Because <laughs> I think the rest of us are like, we might have had a late night. Latrice came to say, like, hello, how you doing today? <laughs> Uh, and, and while you always bring an excellent perspective, as you said, um, you definitely research your information. That's something that you're known for. I'm usually used to waking you up on these Saturday mornings when I when I do wake you up because I know you you work pretty hard to sleep in on Saturday. So thank you for being lively. Like like uh, Coach Nico said, you done had your oatmeal earlier this morning. You ready to call coffee or something? <laughs> but anyway, to go ahead and get this thing started. Uh, as always, uh, I'll start with you, Queen. If you'll just give a, a quick thought, just a quick thought, because I want to get all of your thoughts before we go to our initial break, and then we'll come back and get hot and heavy. I'm noticing some background feedback with me. It might be – well, so when y'all, what I'm going to do is – let's do this, do this, because I think it may be me. So what I'm going to do is, um, Latrice, if you will, keep it short. Just give an initial thought to is a man a provider if he pays half the bills, in your opinion. Then I'm going to go with you, uh, yeah, and then you, Coach D'Amico's. If y'all will do that while I'm calling back in just to make sure I'm getting this feedback out of the show. So I'm just kind of let y'all take from there. you got about three minutes, so I'll, hopefully I'll, I'll definitely be back in before y'all finish. But if y'all will do that without me just so that I can get this feedback out of the show. So, Patrice, if you will, kick us off, and I'll be right back myself. Okay. Um, I feel like a man is a provider if he's paying half the bills, but who's paying the other half is also – the provider so that bills in the household have to be paid 100%. So if the male is providing one half and the woman is providing the other half, then they're both contributing. They're both providers or partners in um, that relationship. And I actually, so to say this quickly, I think that what we see is another um, change um, in our society. And um, this is just one of the symptoms of that change. Um, For me, uh, if a man paying half in my Understanding of things, he's not in my in my understanding a full provider because provider has two different meanings to it. So, 
if you understand what the woman has to do, what the man has to do, you understand that there's a reason why she has to be protected. So that's why he's not fully provided. He's putting too much on her. She's also having to help as well financially. Yeah, uh, I see Toya um, gave it to the responsible to handle this. But uh, uh, basically, I don't even I don't even like men to abide under the provider role. Um, and and it's for two reasons. The uh, first reason is uh, simply because there's no definition of what a provider is, especially if you don't abide by religious means and context. And also, that, like there's no and there's no counter uh, position that a woman is to uh, abide by that that's clearly defined as well. And then two is uh, I think it's extremely toxic for a man to try to abide under a role during a time period that uh, constrained the existence of a human being. You know, women in the past have, uh, women today have achieved way more uh, excellence in the world than women of the past. So I don't know why even women would want themselves uh, to be confined to such a role that's that's almost beneath or uh, that's uh, as restrained uh, as the male's provider role is. I just... They're, they're both toxic to the human psyche, and uh, they both don't do the human any good. Um, just because uh, of let me jump in right there. I'm back on the line with you real quick so I can take care of this break. Sorry to cut you off. I think you got most of what you were saying. Yeah, did you get a chance to say anything real quick? Um, again, I was calling back on nah. the show. Oh, yeah, we were about to go in. I'll save it. No, I know Latrice started. Again, I was in and out, so I'm just checking to see if um, Yeah get a chance to say his. Okay, cool. All right, cool. Perfect timing then. We're actually going to go to a quick break. When we come back, we're going to, again, as I said, get hot and heavy into this morning's discussion question. Is a man a provider if he pays half the bills? Again, thank you, Latrice. Thank you, Coach Tobiko. Thank you, Yeah, for being with me. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group, focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways. Every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, is a man a provider if he pays half the bills? Co-host Latrice Ross with me as well as special guest, Coach D'Amico's and, yeah, Sasa Ekpo. You've heard all of their quick opinions of a man a provider if he pays half the bills. I'm actually going to let y'all hear my opinion as we go along because the reality for me Again, I'm getting some feedback. I don't know if that's me or does somebody have us on think, speaker think, just uh, kind of checking? Yeah, I think one of us, I think we all should mute our phones while one is talking. That way you kind of eliminate that feedback because that's what it sounds like. Someone's yeah. on speaker. Probably Sasko. Yeah, if somebody has us on speaker, that's not going to work. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's using speaker. <laughs> I got it. I took care of it. I, I had something key. Okay, thanks a lot. 
Okay, not a problem. All right, cool. Yeah, just want to make sure it's for everybody listening. So, anyway, as I was um, saying, is a man a provider if he pays half the bills? Again, I will share my thoughts as we go through the two hours because here's the reality for me. Uh, this idea has transitioned over the years, and I'll reveal a lot of my personal thoughts. I always tell people I'm 45, so I'll definitely transition uh, from a young man how I saw this position to how I see it now. And a lot of it's just being exposed to, um, and it's similar to some of what Yeah was mentioning before the break, just the idea of how I see things collectively. For the most part, uh, what we do on this show with Mental Dialogue, we we enter into these conversations, and while individuals will have different takes, and we welcome the, the different takes. We, different, we welcome the opinions. We want to bring them to the table. We're going to open up the phone lines and let others get in on this. Uh, what I will say, what I am speaking, generally speaking, I'm constantly thinking about our collective mindset. Set. So even though I may be giving an individual point, it's still in reference to how does that play into the bigger the bigger point of the collective again. Yeah, matter of fact, we'll let you kind of jump back in in reference to, you know, this question, even though it may apply different to each individual couple. And we, will, I'm pretty sure we will hear pretty people that do it all kind of ways that maybe even consider their um, relationships, um, you know, whether that's a committed boyfriend, girlfriend relationship or a marriage. I'm typically speaking towards the ultimate relationship, marriage, and I'm pretty sure, yeah you're, yeah, you're in that position as well. But I'll let you kind of start us back off, again, just sharing that most of what I'm going to be speaking about is how I've transitioned from maybe an individual mindset to a collective mindset. And I think this question, again, as it can apply to the individual, is a I think it varies and becomes very nuanced once we start thinking of it from a collective standpoint. How about yourself? Do you kind of see it in that relationship as well? Yeah, I mean, most definitely I see it in 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 that aspect because marriage is is commitment. That's that's the whole concept of marriage. And just for people who's listening, I I'm speaking from a cultural point to my people. I'm always speaking to my people first. I mean, yeah, uh, in the process of that, I help other people of other groups, but I'm always focusing to my people because if we can get ourselves successful and it helps everyone else around us. So I think there's a misconnection in understanding what it means to be a provider, and also a lot of men don't understand what a woman's role is and how successful she needs to be in her role outside of trying to do what you're doing. You can't see a woman as a man and vice versa. They're different, and that has nothing to take away. It just shows the difference of what we are capable of doing, and there's power in that difference. Okay, if a woman is, is needed to nurture and to build an internal aspect of her home, how do you expect her to do what you're doing and have double the work? The reason why culturally women were given that providing for is more of a security blanket. It's not about taking advantage of the man or the man is lording over her. It's to give her that security she needs to build the internal aspect of the empire, of the kingdom. Even the women who were queens had men who was around them that gave it a security blanket. So the whole concept of providing is a form of security, and our function is to provide, guide, and to secure as men. So we have to learn to reset the thought process of what we think is provide and understand the real meaning behind it so we can have 
a more healthier thought process when we look at our women and don't think, oh, she's just trying to use me for money. Not a strong thoughts. Latrice, if you will, Queen, if you will, um, everybody that's listening, and we're in an era now where, in a sense, again, I'm talking about it from a marriage as the ultimate, in a sense, end goal, per se, when it comes to the relationship. But everybody's not looking to be married. People are married or people are in different stages of their lives. So this question still comes into play, um, you know, whether you see it the way yeah, sees it, or, again, my focus is on marriage, that may not be everybody else's focus. And, you know, even maybe even at this stage in your life, I don't know what your focus is, but either way, it's not the only situation in which it applies. So if you're just kind of peel back and, you know, give some thoughts for those who are out there that are not listening just to be married, but, again, maybe this applies. Uh, again, that's just an initial question I have, and, of course, you could take it other places as well. Go ahead, Queen. So with regard to marriage, I think that when we look at our the unique issues within our, our society, our community, um, marriage is a an important um, component to rebuilding um, for a number of reasons. First, um, when we th- when, when you are in those committed relationships, there is the unconscious um, belief that this is my woman, this is my man, et cetera, and then you are committed to that. What we have now that that occurred in the you know w- during the earlier time period when black men and women were separated for economic reasons, um, public housing, et cetera. And during that time, the black families began to drift apart, break apart. And so now we have families that are spread across the community. We have men that have fathered kids with three or four women, and their economic um, wealth is also distributed amongst those three or four women. So when we reestablish a certain level of commitment and we focus on that family structure, then from an economic perspective, we're able to prosper more. Um, As it relates to this particular topic, um, I think that what we see is um, a shift that's being facilitated by millennials. If we really look back and we go and do the historical research, before we became an agricultural society, um, we were um, gatherers and, and hunters. And the women were the gatherers and the men were the hunters, and only 20% of contributions were made by the hunters. 80% were made by the gatherers, the women. But when we became an agricultural society, the power shifted to those who could lift and could could do the heavy lifting, and so we became a patriarchal society where men were seen as the leaders and women became, began to play a more subservient role. Now, because we're evolving again, we're now a knowledge-based society, a technological society, and brute force has very little place in how we live, we now see a changing or an evolution again that's being led by millennials who are saying, hey, women are earning just as much in some instances more than I, so why can't we contribute equitably? Why can't we be partners in this relationship? And so I think that you just have a lot of the old school thought processes bumping heads with the new school processes, and I think we have to figure out a way to blend um, for um, easier adaptation. Well, Latrice, we dropping them bombs on you. I've had coffee this morning. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, Sasko, you, you you be sounding like you in the back of a grocery store. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm ready for you, Cody. But, <laughs> I think. Let me jump in real quick. Coach Miko, I want to. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, 
Well, I'm, 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 I'm letting everybody have what they have to say. I, 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 I was uh, even though I had a late night, I had a busy meeting last night. I'm, I'm charged. I'm ready. <laughs> nah, that's all good. Well, I want to get Costa Mico's thoughts, if you will, if you will. Let me jump in. Yeah, right yeah. Right. Um, Costa Mico's. So, what I want, so what I wanted I to address. I, oh, my Costa bad. Costa Mico, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Can you hear um, me? Yeah. Hello. Hello. Yes, I can hear you. Hello. Can you hear? Yeah. Can everybody hear me? I can, okay. I can hear you as well. Uh, I know we're all on the phone, so yeah, if you will, let, yeah, kind of let me jump in and guide it through if y'all don't mind. All right, thanks a lot. All right, Coach, because what I was going to discuss was before the break, um, you were talking about the definition of provider. Um, obviously, you kind of heard, I think, when Latrice just laid out, is the d- dynamic that we're exactly at, like this pushback based on kind of where we are as a society. I think that makes a lot of sense. But bring, bringing in the definition, one thing I noticed that you said, and I kind of wanted to hear you more thoughts on this, is you were saying, you know, what is the definition of a provider? And then you kind of said that certain aspects, the woman is automatically reduced um, in a sense, you were kind of mentioning that. So, so what, I, what, I'm, what I'm hearing is you're saying I don't know what the definition is, but however it's looked at today, the, the, the woman was in a sense reduced to a position of, I guess in a sense maybe even being behind the man or below the man. And my, my question to you is can that word, if we, define, if we figure out how to design, de- define it, provider, can that word exist? similar to what Ye is saying to the extent that it doesn't have anything with being below or behind. Does that make sense that you could be a provider and it doesn't automatically put, in a sense, the woman behind? And again, I hope you understand why I'm asking you that question because it's based on some of what right. you said before the break. But go ahead, King. Somebody yeah, has some so background noise. If we could please, everybody mute their phones so we can make this show go smooth. We've been having this trouble this morning, so somebody's doing something in the background. All right, go ahead, Coach Domingos. Yeah, so I definitely, uh, I definitely uh, agree with 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 Teresa's perspective. But here's also why I want to extend it, <clears throat> why I want to bridge the two because you can be a provider, but that's that when you limit yourself to that's what you're supposed to be that you're not that you're not allowing yourself to be allowed into a marriage because you not you feel you're not living up to an expectation what a provider is as a single male, so you opt stay opting out of marriage for longer periods of time. That's actually uh, more detrimental to our communities uh, than, you know, we'd like to understand. And it, Sasko comes from uh, uh, African traditional culture where the men, you know, they they, they don't it's, – it's more communal for them to marry. Where us, whereas we feel like if we don't have it all together, we can't marry. And 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 again, like echoing Latrice's thoughts, that continues to divide in us when it comes to uh, even marrying and committing. And so, if a woman it, to to say that a man is a provider is to it, one, there's no, often no counter position that a woman is have because some might say she's a supporter. If you look at provider and supporter. There's still words that can be that need extra context because they're not straight laid out positions. Those are just abilities that human beings are both capable of. Both are capable of providing. Both are capable of supporting. And so, if you but if you look at it traditionally, I think that's the problem with a lot of uh, ancient African traditions is that um, that cripple them today almost 
is that they allow no maneuverability, no maneuverability for uh, the the for growth, for change and evolve. It's it's almost ironic to the Black Panther movie uh, how they isolated themselves because of, of tradition. And you have to have a little bit of both. You have to have concrete, uh, uh, standard, concrete basis. Yes, but at the same time, you have to be willing to change with the times. And and in today's time, it, it just doesn't make any sense for a woman to be stuck in a role of being a supporter, and it doesn't make any sense for a man to be stuck in a role of being a provider because they're both interchangeable. We're now in the age of relationships, and Mr. Perez says this all the time, it's now about competency. Who is most competent at doing what within that dynamic, that relationship and marriage? And if we operate more on that, then you have the person who's fit for the role uh, or for, for that position to do that ability the best to help that relationship grow, that marriage prosper, should be in those roles. It's like having a CEO. You're going to make a man a CEO just because he's the man? No, he might not. He might be a horrible boss. <laughs> you know, she might be a better boss than him in finance. She might be a better boss than him in, in, uh, in uh, equipment management, et cetera. So it's so limiting to say she he's a provi- he should be a provider and a woman. And I get what Sasko is saying. What he's also undermining, again, is that he's come trying to – they're trying – those – and I'm not just saying him, but anyone who believes let me, it. Let me, let me jump in on you because you said a lot. I want to – let me jump in on you because you said a lot and I want to address – uh, a couple of things, yeah. Couple, no, you're fine. You're fine. I was letting, I was letting you get your whole thought out, but I just want to, um, you know, in a sense, before you counter, let us jump in, um, or whatever, and, you know, in advance or whatever, because you said two things, and I want to ask Sasha. I mean, I'm sorry. I want to ask Yeah, um, one aspect of what you talked about, and then we'll move into the second part of what you talked about. The first part that you talked about, uh, Yeah, because talked about that I think is very valid, and I as again. 45, single, haven't been married yet, and I've experienced some of what D'Amico's just talked about. I think I'm even experiencing that as a concept of young men or men feeling like having to have it together in order to play the provider role and how it can delay a stepping into getting married, per se. I think that is a realistic, um, you know, from my own account that is realistic for some of us as men. So I wanted to hear your thoughts about that being a playing a role in, in a sense, possibly even delaying um, mm-hmm. marriage within our community for men who want to, quote, quote unquote, I would say use the term do it right um, even. So go ahead, yeah, give me some thoughts on that, and then we'll talk about some other what Nico's mentioned as well. But go ahead, Katie. Yeah, well, to kind of um... – what DeMarco uh, is saying and, and Patrice, I understand what they're saying, but they come from two different standards or aspects. And with the man having to delay himself to be ready, it's kind of like going to war. You don't go to war unprepared. A uh, relationship is a commitment. You have to make sure you're prepared as a man, just like the woman has to make sure she's prepared. So, yes, if you check it out culturally, you get when you get older, you're more prepared as a man. You go to different rights. You go to different grooming that gets you ready for that and then you put yourself in a position where you're the foundation okay to where that woman can stand on strong and feel safe and secure that's basically what it is back in the days it wasn't money now we live in society the providing has has switched to money because that's what is needed to do things in this society but by whose standards are we labeling doing that is not 
successful or is, is toxic. Because from what I know and what everybody knows, we were more successful collectively when we were traditional than we are now. What DeMarcus is saying and what the young lady is saying is what we're basically doing today and collectively we're not successful as we used to be. Even in the 70s, we had more collective success. So this whole being following a new trend and adapting to ideologies or concepts that has nothing to do with the black African person is not really helping us. And I think we have to understand, let, let understand ask, that culture. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, yeah. let me ask you this specifically, if you, if you will. Let me ask you this specifically. Yeah. The aspect, again, because you basically laid out the man getting ready for war or whatever, do you do you see? Because I do agree with this part of what Demikos was saying, and I'm talking about the I'm talking about specifically about the delay. Because again, I understand mm-hmm. you're giving the overall concept of you know what, how things look collectively now versus collectively then. And again, I do respect it, mm-hmm. but specifically the man delaying because of this concept. Do you see any downfall to that specifically? Um, I don't any downfall because that delay will make healthier relationships. If it ha- if there has okay. to be a delay well, for a man to be ready, then I think you're going to end up having more quality and healthy relationships because guys are really working on stuff. Compared to now, you have a lot of men that's getting into relationships in the black community and they are not ready. And this is creating more toxic relationships which affects our community and projects an image out there that's really hurting the black image of the man in the community. Okay. And we have to. Okay. Let me hear Latrice, your thoughts. Yeah. Let let me hear your thoughts on the idea of, you know, he says, Domingo says they're delaying it. It hurts our community. Yeah. Says it actually would be good if more men did that. So if you can give me a quick thought, I'm going to go to try to go to a break after you give about a minute of a thought and you can continue it after the break. Sorry about that. Go ahead. So uh, um, first, um, I think that we have to, we can't take we can't segment aspects of evolution and make it separate from everything else that's going on. And I think um, that's what Yale is doing. Um, when we look at the delay, so the delay in being in a committed relationship may occur, but the, there there is no delay in being in sexual relationships with women. And so when you have that aspect going on and you have that pressure, well, I can't commit to you in a marriage, but, you know, I have physical needs or sexual needs, so I'm going to get those fulfilled. And sometimes, you know, mistakes happen and babies come about and there needs to be um, care for those children. So I think it's detrimental to have that delay. I think that if we remove the the unconscious belief that the man has to be the leader, the head, the provider, and instead begin to view things as a partnership because women are just as capable. They're just as they have the competencies, as Demikos mentioned, to help contribute to um, a family upkeep. I think there is an undue amount of pressure on men when it comes to being the head, being the provider, being the leader, and it's viewed negatively when you have those men who don't want that role and have women who are fully capable of being in that role. And, and, you know, they have a great partnership in doing so. So I think that we inject a lot of toxicity into our community when we live by those standards. And you have women who will sit there and say, oh, yeah, I earn more money, but I'm going to let you provide. And that's not fair. It's a partnership. 
I would, I would, dis- I would disagree. Thoughts. Actually, I'm gonna, let me do this. Let me do this. I'm having a lot of trouble with my cuts. I have some cuts that we're going to definitely pl- play into this morning's discussion, so I'm going to have to kind of keep it moving without this initial, with this break. So we'll just kind of continue the conversation. But you, you said something um, when you said a man doesn't want – you just mentioned the idea of a man not wanting – that some men don't want that quote-unquote role. Well, what – Tell me if I'm wrong in experiencing this aspect of it, and I'll let you know all of you kind of talk about it. But generally speaking, when you tell me that a man doesn't want that role, what I am finding in relationships is the idea that most women, in my opinion, that's not ultimately who they will end up in a good relationship with from the standpoint that I hear a lot of women, and we've done different shows about this kind of this very issue and wish that women said, I would like for a man, quote, unquote, to step up and, in a sense, um, play, quote, unquote, his position. And I would throw out that there is some natural aspects, and I'm pretty sure he will agree with this, yeah, will agree with this as well, that there are some natural aspects to why um, that, those, in, that those relationships seem to prosper. Uh, what I'll share with you, Latrice, and you can respond right after this, is that the idea of the man not wanting that role and being in a relationship, I only hear of very small minute relationships that are succeeding with that dynamic. Maybe you know of more, but of the ones that I see succeed, it seems to be more of the traditional aspect. I see plenty of people trying it, without the traditional aspect, but I, def, I, I know of very few, and I do know a few, that are kind of making it without that dynamic, at least from what I know of their relationship. But generally speaking, when I see success, and, and tradition doesn't guarantee success, so I'm not saying that, but of the ones that I would consider successful and I know intimately, that seems to work out much better, and the women say that that's what they're looking for too. So any thoughts to that? And then I'll let Yia and D'Amico's come um, back after you speak. Go ahead, Queen. So um, a lot of what we believe and what we, we, a lot of our unconscious beliefs are built up based on how we're raised. Many of us were raised in the church, as was I. And that's a very consistent belief throughout religion that women, women are the help meet, which is a concept that is, is defined incorrectly in a lot of churches, first off. But it's that the man is the provider, the hunter, the protector. And so we grow up with those ideals. We grow up with Prince Charming, you know, coming to save the day and rescue us. So that's how we grew up. I grew up the same way. And so we grow up into these beliefs as adults waiting on Prince Charming to come in and save us. And what we have, we have an evolution of mindset because, A, millennials are not bought into the aspects of religion the way that older generations were. And so there is not that unconscious belief being built into the younger generation that, oh, the man is this because thus said the Lord. Um, as they evolve and as they move away from those traditional religious leanings, their independent or, you know, the, their individual thought concepts, thought concepts aren't being um, – they're not being shaped by the patriarchal religious aspects that so many of ours were shaped by. So I actually so find let me, let me throw in one thing, one quick are, thing. I want to kind of hear your response. Let me throw in interject one little aspect of what you're saying, because I want to hear your thoughts specific to this. So 
you can look throughout societies that don't necessarily rely on the religious aspect. Because again, I'm not I'm not even coming from that perspective. There are plenty of countries around the world that are not driven specifically by Western patriarchal society mm-hmm. that have still fell into the model in which, and again, when I say I'm hearing women saying that they prefer their man to be that per se, I'm not even talking about just from a religious standpoint. I'm just talking about even seeing women who, in a sense, have been in relationships or have been married and they've come to resent even the idea that they man man wasn't, quote, unquote, the provider in that sense. I've seen that happen religious aside, religion aside. So if I turn aside of the religion, what am I seeing or hearing there? Because, again, just being, you know, I mean, at 45, you're, you know, I know you're – basically we've experienced a lot of relationships, and that dynamic mm-hmm. played out even when religion wasn't a part of it is what I've seen. So I just kind of want to hear how do you think of it when religion is not the, so, the backdrop for why somebody's resenting that. So religion may not be the conscious driver, but unconsciously it is because a lot of those concepts from that religious perspective, or even we can just remove religion and say patriarchy, because when we became an agricultural society, that's when the gender roles began to apply and patriarchy began to take over. And so as a result of those patriarchal meetings, we now have a society that says men are here at the head, the protector, the, the provider, the leader. And women are the help, the support. And so we grow, and, I, and I'm, I'm guilty of that. I hate garbage day because I have to go on the side of my house and pull my garbage can to the, to the row, and then when the garbage is collected, I have to pull it back. I hate it. My car is in the shop. I was just like, gosh, I sometimes wish I had a guy who could take care of that for me, and I didn't have to talk to these mechanic types. Um, but it's an unconscious belief system that was built into how I grew up. And so I believe I've bought into those gender roles because it's how I was raised. Since we became an agricultural society, we've had these social constructs of gender roles built into what we do in every aspect of our society. Whereas before that, before we became an agricultural society, those gender roles were not so finite. But because they are so finite and they are built so strongly into our society, they continue to prevail. And I, I would I'll disagree. pray to it as well. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would okay, disagree. Go ahead, yeah. uh, traditionally speaking from Africa, before even religion came, we followed the, the nature, the universe, and we based our life off of the sun and the moon interaction. And the sun guides the man. The man, the black man, is the physical representation of the sun on earth. The moon is that feminine representation of the moon on earth in her body. And they work in perfect harmony. One can't live without the other. One cannot be successful without the other. If you destroy the sun and destroy the moon, the earth we know today collapses. All life dies. That's how important it is to have that both function and unity working in harmony from a feminine aspect and from a masculine aspect, and that is needed. Now, so. progress now, some have interpreted into different ideologies that became toxic. But from the organic standpoint, that is how you are truly successful as a community, as a nation collectively, is when you understand your natural role as a black person. The whole concept of this new age that we're doing is not helping. I'm seeing women that's overworked. I'm seeing men that's not functioning as men. 
right now the black community collectively adopting these new age concepts that has nothing to do with our culture and identity is creating more dysfunction and toxic than ever before. And we are accepting oh. actually we got a caller ideology. Yeah, actually we got a caller. At the, okay. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no problem. Oh, actually go we got a caller. because uh, 'cause here's here's I'm gonna say one thing I'm gonna go to the caller. So what 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 I'm listening to when I hear yourself speak, Latrice and maybe even Demikos, and then we'll get back to you as well, Demikos, Coach Demikos, is I think the idea of what Yeah said in the, from the standpoint of it being so complementary, I think the roles are complementary to the extent that we shouldn't say those are issues if you're in that role. They're complementary and there is not an above and below per se, but exactly. being in your role is kind of defined well before. And again, you know, me studying history as well, I would have, I've, even when you think of before religion came into play, these roles were natural. And I don't think there was an above and beyond, you know, as, as we no, see it today. It was about. Yeah, that's just a quick thought. Yeah, let me go with the caller real quick. Area code six seven eight. Last three nine two seven. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Hey, what's going on, Black Society? This is Brother Up, man. Black African Power. What's good? Hey, how you doing, King? Give us your three cents this morning. Jump in with us. Is that you, guy? You got something in the background? If, if, if moving in the background, pretty loud, just so you know. No, that ain't me moving around. That was somebody else. That wasn't me. Okay, sorry. I'm on the earpiece. Yeah, that wasn't me. Um, conversation is a great conversation, uh, and I'm looking at two dynamics. Uh, the brother, he, he's wanting to come from a traditional place, and the sister, uh, she, she has like a, a modernized, a modernized version. So I guess the, the core of the discussion for me is is that roles are defined by nature. Simple as that. And so based off of the need for the living organism to raise. Uh, smaller organisms to the age of reproduction, that's what the whole relationship is really based around. And, 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 and I hope y'all can understand what I'm telling you. And so if the same environmental pressures, right, that formed the roles back in maybe 10,000 BCE are totally different, then those roles will change. It's just as simple. So if the woman right now is making more money than a the man, then why would the man, you know, keep trying to do what he just can't do at this moment? It just wouldn't make any sense. And so, really, when, when you enter into a uh, marriage, it's really a, a business relationship. And whoever do whatever they do the best, then that's the, then that's the role you take. And so, primarily, the role for men, right, in ancient times would be to protect the woman when she's pregnant because that's when she's the most vulnerable. And to make sure that baby comes out and be protected until she can get back on her feet. And so, you know, the workload you know, goes back and forth based off of, this, you know, the need for it. And so since we're in 2019 and, and they claim that women are making more money, then, what? Well, of course the woman would pay more bills. And that doesn't take away from the man and his role and what he has to do because it's all based around economics. You know what I'm saying? Can you economically take care of your family to the point where they, they, they have proper health care, proper benefits, and make sure they just don't get sick and die before they get to the age of reproduction? You know, it's all about your social economic status. And so those roles should complement that. And so we know in science that, that, that gender is not as easy defined as we think it is. It's just not. You know, like, how does a man really act? And 
how does a woman really act? Those roles in nature aren't really, you know what I'm saying, like it's, it, it's not a hard line like we think it is. Or is that man more feminine? Is that woman more masculine? These roles aren't really, aren't clearly there. And those who study sociology and psychology, they clearly understand this. And so we define our roles based off of the need for each of us to play those roles. I just wanted to say that, and I'm really appreciating the conversation. Nah, strong thoughts, and we'll definitely um, peel it back. I actually think a lot of what you're saying lines up with Coach Tobiko, so we'll kind of start with you, uh, Tobiko. If you will, give us a quick response to what Brother Unk had to say. We have another caller as well. Um, I'm going to give you about a minute. We're going to go to a break, and we'll come back with the caller. So if you can just give me a quick response to what uh, Brother Unk brought to the table, Tobiko. Yeah, definitely. So uh, uh, with uh, just to echo his sentiment, I'm actually glad he said what he said because oftentimes a lot of older men, uh, especially older black men, uh, don't have that maneuverability, don't allow that maneuverability in their thinking. And I think we do a disservice. I'm glad to hear that from the brother. Uh, I think we do our, sell, our children a disservice because we are to birth children who are to grow up to develop and become better than what we are. So if we have that uh, intention from generations to generations, it would be foolish of us to continuously think like our ancestors when they intended for us to think higher than them, think better than them, uh, think healthier than them. So, uh, so the, the brothers is dead on. It should yeah, be let me, based let me on do this. Let me, let me go to this break and I'll let you finish up. I'll let you finish up out of the break. Sorry about that. All right. No Listen to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We'll be right back. Is a man a provider if he pays half the bills? All I ask is that you think. Are you ready to finally have a solution to your credit problems? Are you tired of high interest rates, loan denials, and high security deposit requirements? Whether you're looking to buy a home or car, or you're looking to improve your credit score for other reasons, we can help you permanently stop embarrassing credit card application denials, even if you've tried everything. We'd like to introduce you to Exodus Credit Repair. Exodus Credit Repair is a unique blend of financial services that help you address your spending, debt, financial knowledge, and most importantly, your credit score. For more information on Exodus Credit Repair, please contact them at exoduslifechange.com or directly at 678-580-1756. Again, that number is 678 one seven five six. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Again, I am your host, Montoya Smith, aka Black Socrates, along with co-host Patrice Ross, our special guest, Coach Tabikos, as well as Yeah Sasa Ekpo. Is a man a provider if he pays half the bills? Uh, Coach Tabikos, you will give us some thoughts before the break. I'm going to let you finish up. We're going to go to the caller after you. Go ahead. Coach. Yeah, no problem. So, we're, if we're supposed to be better than our, our, our parents and our ancestors, then we need to act on. Uh, the knowledge that and information that they provided us, and just take it a lot further. So, um, and then uh, even going to the point of uh, how you know it works in other societies and cultures around the world. You also have to keep in mind, American women have, uh, while they endured the most, especially Black women, is that they're also uh, likely the the most uh, economically achieved um, from around the world. So, while you go into these countries where they have they confine themselves to these traditional roles they're they're it, it, they're it's almost uh, it's it's 
it's it's almost a it's it's just very hard to say that uh, to compare American women to other men, women around the world. Uh, or, or oh, hold on, Demar. I'm sorry, man. I'm gonna have to cut you. <laughs> I'm gonna listen. <laughs> no, bro. They are African women who okay. Just because women in America are working, do not make them more economically advanced than women. African women are wealthier than Black American women because. But you got to hold on. You got to apply context. On, you got to no, apply no, context. No, no, hold on, hold, hold I, on, I, I hold, on I, hold on. All right, go ahead. She takes she takes on the wealth of the husband. She becomes what he's doing. Okay, she's part of that. So when you again, you you guys are bringing up individual success. No sir. No sir. Because economically, if you compare the two of what women are accomplishing, what you call accomplishment. Yes. Okay, accomplishment if it's at the detriment. Of the whole, it's not accomplishment. What our women are accomplishing in America today is individual accomplishment on their end, but on the bigger scope of the community, of the family, it is not accomplishing anything because it is putting our women at risk. Our women are shutting down emotionally. They are breaking down physically, spiritually. They are more vulnerable. There is, there is not our women are basically have taken over the head, and they are being overworked, even to a point to where that women think it's okay, and yet it's causing more. Our kids are not getting proper nurturing. Our kids are becoming more dysfunctional. The, I don't disagree. I, I'm going to need to interrupt here at some, some point. Okay. Mm-hmm. We think it's okay, but it's not helping. It's not helping at all. When you put the woman, there's certain things a woman was designed to do. There's certain things a man was designed to do. It's nature. We cannot fight natural law, divine law, universal law. So but society (laughs) does evolve, and I think that what we see here is an evolution of society. We talk about women. We were designed to give birth, true. And what you mentioned, it's not necessarily that women are taking on all of these, it's because we're doing it alone. We're not saying we want to do this alone. We're saying we want to be in a mutually respectful partnership with a man that we can raise our families with. And to the right. caller's point, we are, you know, whomever is the more capable person of doing that, you know, doing particular roles, allow that person to be, that, be in those roles where they are most competent. And you will see a society that evolves. The things that you mentioned are a result of the broken family structure because men and women aren't in the same household raising the children. So you have the single parenthood paradigm that you're mentioning. We're talking about when they are collectively together as a couple, what happens? As will happen, you right, let me jump in. Let me, let, me jump, let me jump in. Let me jump in because I got a caller. I have, yeah, if you will, All let right. me jump in. I know. Let me jump in. I do have a caller. Um, could I throw this out for both both of you, Latrice and Debico, to think about? We'll see what the caller takes us, but we'll try to come back to this. Um, I would say some of our brokenness could be coming from the fact that we're not doing some of what Yeah is talking about. Just kind of applying it. So yes, I understand you're saying when we're whole. That's what he's saying, but I would say some of the brokenness has is coming from getting away from those those natural roles is what I would kind of throw out for y'all to think about. Let's see what the caller goes. Uh, let me get to the caller. We got a couple callers actually. 
Area code 619, last three, 876. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. What's going on, my favorite people? This is Mark calling from Atlanta. Hey, what's going on, King? What you, what you got for got for this morning on is a man a provider if he pays half the bills? I don't even know if we answered right. that question at all. <laughs> I'm going to start off with the question by saying I have a, I, a fundamental issue with the question. From my perspective of being a, a man, being a provider, which means that he and the woman is included in that as well, being a wife. <clears throat> my biggest issue is my stance is one family, one pot. And what we have done thus far in society, we've moved away from, it used to be a time where man works, woman is at home, man brings his check home to the wife. He didn't give his wife allowance. This was the check. This was the house. What happened now is, Men work, women work, and there's a sense of independence that wants to be maintained while at the same time cultivating unity, which essentially is division among unity. Um, I think that that is the fundamental issue with the question because you're coming home, you're saying, I am paying half. Well, there is no half if everything goes into one pot. You bring home what you bring home, I bring home what I bring home, we're going to strive for greatness together. And so two things that black people especially just are very much against is therapy and uh, finance, like having a financial coach. And those two things, because you never want to feel like you're out of control with your personality, you never want to feel like you're out of control with your finances. And you don't want nobody dictating what you feel like you should have 100% control of. It is unhealthy for us to also bring that into our home and you got to understand what you will, what you're supposed to let go of. The notion of independence can, is one of those things that you definitely is supposed to let go of, because you are you now have a partner. You now have a partnership in this unity that you all have created. I hear people talking about separate bank accounts and things like that, which more often than not, I have not had anyone say an unselfish reason for having separate bank accounts, but that's a different discussion. But the whole 50, the man paying half the bills, it doesn't matter to me, and it's not an issue for me because when I come home and bring home money to a person that I'm married to, she does the same thing if she's a working woman. And we as a family have one pot where all of our bills come from. We sit at the table, we discuss our financial future. We sit at the table, we talk about how what, what, what budgets we do have, if we went over or things like that. So these conversations are coming from independent people who want to keep independence within a unity, within a, within a union, which I just, I just disagree with. I think Mark brings a lot to the table. I think it, it assists some of the adaptability that we're talking about for today's time. I think it actually brings us back on point for the question at hand. I'm going to actually keep Mark on. Um, I think I'm going to let D'Amico's jump in first here, um, because I will say personally, I like a lot of what he's saying f- from this standpoint. I don't, from the standpoint of, again, I've witnessed through a lot of rela- friend, friendships that have, friendships that I know pretty much intimately where um, aspects of resentment came involved with the idea of the man being uh, the provider per, per se. I think what I hear Mark presenting this idea of all one pot, considering that we are in a society in which men and women are working to the extent 
that we are working. Again, I will say I lean towards Yale from this standpoint that maybe what we are doing is not as beneficial for the family and the community. I will lean and say that. Um, but, again, t- talking about a re- a practical, I feel what Mark's saying is very practical, this one pot per se allows, in my opinion, for if roles exist, the roles can exist and you put money aside. Because I've always felt this, and because you could jump in here, I've always felt the roles, per, quote, unquote, again, personal opinion, and from studying history, they existed well before money was even an issue in the in, in families existing and surviving on earth. The roles existed before money came into play. And in, in America, we overplay the money possibly, in my personal opinion. But go ahead, because any thoughts to what Mark is, is bringing to the table? And, again, I think it's bringing us back on point for the question at hand. Yeah, first off, I don't know why y'all let Mark on to do all that capping. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, nah, that's, that's, that's bro. It's all good. So, so principle, I, I, I'm on point with his principles. Yes, there, there has to be a, there has to be a concrete effort for unison, unison. You get together because of unison and you have, you both have a united vision that you're both working towards. I'm all, I'm on that boat. The only, the only, again, it's the ideas around it all that I always want us to constantly challenge uh, that that any any of those ideas that do too much of a constraint of who we are. Because, again, he, he, he said that there shouldn't be independence. And that's why I have the problem, because you can be, you are independent. You're both going to separate jobs. You both have different, you know, separate lives that you live outside the household. And you bring it all together in the household. So you can have independence and still practice codependence. That's why you have the United States of America. They're independent states that co that that coexist together as one. That's why we have governors instead of just a president that runs every state. Um, so I'm on I'm on board with that. I just as long as we also again individuality has to have room to exist within the collective unit. Um, there there are studies done uh, from women who will graduate from Harvard with master's degrees and PhDs. Who went to go live these these lives as, as stay-at-home moms, uh, subservient to their husbands' careers, and what you have is later on again, like the gentleman earlier caller said, it's all economics, and what you have is these women who later on down the road when they get divorced because they took the backseat to their husbands' career, they weren't able to go out and fully develop, flush out their skills and education to develop full sound careers for themselves. And therefore, when that time comes for that divorce, guess who's on the losing end of that stick? It's the women, and that is the issue that we that we have, especially. And that's the issue that falls under the, the traditional aspects of wealth. You completely follow tradition. It's that same model. You have to you have to have both. Both can coexist. There's no either or. A human being isn't either or. So, uh, and that's just my whole entire response to to, to Mark as well. May I may I speak on that a little bit? I don't want to monopolize anything. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Mark. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you get a thought. We actually at the top. Yeah, we're at the top of the hour, so I'm gonna let you give you one last thought, and then we'll continue talking about some of what you said coming out of the top of the hour break. So go ahead, King. All right, I'll, I'll I'll talk about it from this aspect. In America, the reason that we are getting married, the reason that the the, the reason for marriage is so that the government can be in your business. 
mostly financial, so that when y'all divorce, they can separate. When you divorce, the government separates assets. When you marry, the reason that you marry could be love and all of this warm feeling stuff, but you should never marry someone and it does not make economic sense. When you talk about women from Harvard doing a study that's an outlier, number one, it, it, it can talk, you can talk about how it reflects on normal people, but women at Harvard have a much better chance based on their network and based on the name on their degree to, get a, to have an opportunity elsewhere, but that's not the point. The point is when you are marrying someone, I do agree with you when you said codependence, but codependence in one of the – when you have independence in an area that statistically is the most – and the, the highest statistical reason for divorces, which is not cheating, it is issues around finances. African-American mm-hmm. men, as of 2013, African-American men bring home less than $45,000 a year. When you're talking about a family, if you're talking about children, if you're talking about a wife, when you start dividing up money like that, what economic sense does it make for you to do that? And I'm not, and, and what I'm talking about in terms of bringing everything home is, advancement as well when you come at home you want to be in sync with your family you want to make sure that you and your wife are sitting at the table discussing finances in a way that you all can progress past the past generation now y'all can sit at the table and talk about family vacations and and date nights as well but what you want to do is sit there and talk about hey how do we get from point a to point b fluidly how do we purchase a property fluidly what sense does it make for and, and we got to think we are as a culture we're pretty ignorant about money. So when you don't have fluid conversation, when you don't have those conjoined, those sit down conversations, but also conjoining your finances, why get married if you are not taking a very pro- progressive stance? If my money is my money and your money is your money and we splitting bills, what sense does that make progressively to buy your first house, buy your second house, buy property that'll passed down from generation to generation, which creates wealth. What sense does that make if you're saying we're going to get married and live like roommates? And, and like, I'm, I'm, I'm lost in terms of the Now, so thoughts. Thank you. Let me, yeah. I'm unfortunately at the top of the hour, man. I basically appreciate what you're saying. Um, it actually brings a question I'm going to bring to everybody, um, Latrice, Yeah, and D'Amico's out of this break. I'm just going to play a quick song. Again, I'm having some trouble with the breaks that I intended to play, which were relevant to the show, but I'm just going to go to a quick song and we'll come back and I'll ask that question. Thank you for your thoughts, uh, Mark. Listen to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Well, all I ask is that you think. We'll be right back. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. 
Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. Again, I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with guest co-host Latrice Ross, is a man, a provider, if he pays half the bills, special guest, Coach Tobikos, and yeah, Sasa Ekpo. So Mark made me think of this. Again, I'm kind of having to take a little slightly different direction. I, I typically use the cuts, again, just to kind of make that reference. Um, whatever problems going on with the board, I can't play them. Definitely going to take us in different directions. But something that he made me think about, and I'm going to have you respond, Yale first, and Latrice next. So as I'm listening to what Mark's talking about, the idea of, you know, how people come together, and I agree with some of the sentiments, a lot of the sentiments that he had to say, again, applying them to today. So in America, our paradigm is men and women work pretty much relatively equally. That is the paradigm that we're in. And based on a lot of what's been said by previous callers, uh, by y'all as guests, uh, that the roles probably need to adjust based on the times that we're in now. I don't think that that's quite, that that's unfair. One of my concerns, though, as I listen to uh, each of you is, I don't know that we are seeing complete benefits from the standpoint that I don't think that marriages right now, per se, take place with the the roles in mind. In other words, the previous roles have not been the downfall. It's the adaptability that we have already have done by nature, and we're still seeing a lot of failure even with, in my opinion, doing some of, you know, what y'all are suggesting. But here's the here's a flip side of of this, and here's why I want you to address it. Yeah, is this standpoint? Since this is our real life paradigm, I have seen this be successful, and I want to hear your thoughts on this. Yet, what I have seen is some young couples, and this might be even with the what she's is referring to with the millennials, where I've seen young couples go ahead and say, yep, we're going to go ahead and take this step of a lifelong commitment. And as Mark just mentioned, the average man being able to make, the African-American man being able to make 45000 or less, that is a reality for the majority of black men. I would agree I've seen the numbers as well, so I will back him up on that. And so anyway, I say that to say that for I've seen young couples because they were able to, in a sense, put their finances together, meaning they both were going out and making money. Because they were able to do that, they were able to see success by complementing and putting that money together. But as Bart said, not as roommates, not being so independent that it caused strife, but literally correlating it all together to consummate wealth and make conscious and future wealth decisions because they put it together, as Mark said. So I've seen couples succeed from that manner, and they really never moved away from the paradigm of them both working because that's kind of how they did it, and it's worked for them. So any thoughts on that? Because that dynamic is a reality in today's time. Yeah, what are your thoughts in comparison to the traditional things that you are used to? Do you understand what I'm asking you? Like I've seen Yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. And I'm I'm gonna and I'm gonna uh, do a little backdrop to 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 answer your question. So what we have to understand is that relationship is what we call an interdependency, which is based off of nature. Everything is interdependent upon the other. So relationship is about 
building something, building wealth, being generational wealth to, to reproduce. So when we get into a relationship, we have to understand that interdependency is not about independence, okay? It's about interdependency. We need each other. And are you building something that is greater than just money? Now, transfer that in today's times, when people come to me for advice, when a couple come to me, I always tell them, listen, it's okay if both partners' relationship is working to begin with. But once that woman does get pregnant, then he needs to already have himself in a position to where he doesn't need her to be working outside the house either because now the paradigm has shifted because now it's not just about money. There's other aspects to building that relationship. Now of extension of family has come there. That child needs that nurturing from the mother because now what I'm seeing, a lot of kids in our community are not functioning properly because they're not getting – there's nobody at home. I always have a saying, it's better to have one parent at home in a committed relationship than to have both away from home, and our kids are basically being raised by strangers, being raised, being exposed to things that's not healthy. So we have to look at the whole dynamic. We just focus on the money aspect, but there's more to this mm-hmm. whole dynamic than just money. You're building an a entity, and there's other things that's attached to that. So it's about balancing the two. Yes, the two can start out making money together, build everything up. But once that woman gets pregnant, understand that she needs to be home. She can do a home business or something like that, but she needs to be home to make sure the internal aspect of that wealth, of that empire, that company is being built as well, as well as the external aspect. Both people can't be outside the house. Somebody has to be inside doing the work. Latrice, let me ask you, let me say this before you respond to yeah, because he brings mm-hmm. uh, an example, I have an example that that's the dynamic that yeah speaks to and how you can respond to him and this example. So it's one sister I follow on social media basically broke down specifically almost what yeah speaking of, but she talked about it from the standpoint that uh, she was a, a degree professor. And so she has now transitioned to where she's at home and she makes, you know, plenty of money, um, passive income from home or whatever, almost as yeah, speaking to. But in following her, she talked about based on how she how she lives now and she's nurturing I think three children, um, you know, able to nurture three children. But she says she's blown away that she had bought into the American concept, because as a degree professor, she says she remembers going to work all the time, almost, you know, overworking herself, um, needing these different positions because she kept moving up, I think if I remember correctly, a college professor. And so that was her mindset to do so. And I I don't think she she may have done that with the first child. I may be wrong on that specifics. But she said that once she transitioned as years said, her, you know, I guess husband both were working per se outside the home. But as she transitioned, she said she looks back on her life now and be like, and is like, what the he- what the hell is America doing? Because we are not nurturing our children into family structure based on believing that this is okay. And specifically for the black community, as I think Yeah is mentioning, us sending our children out per se, is even more harmful than, than maybe the majority community. Just any thoughts on that? She thinks, she loves the fact that she transitioned but and thinks she was crazy to do it the old way. Any, any thoughts on that? So um, a couple of things. So I'll respond to that aspect of what you said first. Um, I don't disagree with her. 
but it goes to the dynamic that of how older generations were raised. When I was coming out, my mother and grandmother taught me, go to school, get good grades, you can go to college so you can get a good J-O-B. They didn't teach us to become an employer. They didn't teach us to be entrepreneurs. And so we see a shift in that dynamic that's occurring now where people are raising their kids. Yeah, go to school, learn all you can. Yeah, even go to college, but go to college strategically. Go to college to learn how to be a business owner, to learn how to become an employer. And so when we see that shift in dynamic, that shift in mindset, then yes, that is possible. And I do agree with her. And I don't necessarily agree with, with Yale on the concept of someone needing to be at home with the children. That is absolutely true. But to Mark's point, if I'm bringing home 150K and he's bringing home 45K, while I've, I have to give birth to that child, am I the one, if I have not put anything in place for an entrepreneurial type work from home effort, Am I to give up the 100K coming into the household to be a stay-at-home mom, to raise the child while Mark goes and brings home the 45K? Or does it make sense for roles to shift so that that man who is bringing home the lesser amount, he becomes a person who raises the child? And see, that's where the toxicity comes into play because we tell men that do that, Mm -hmm. you're soft, you're not a real man, you're not a leader, you're a wuss. And so there is that toxicity coming into play because of those traditional gendered roles. Now, to the question that you asked about could it be that, you know, the question that you asked before Mark came back, so I counter that question with could it be that the brokenness is coming from trying to fit our world into an outdated concept of these traditional gendered stereotypical roles. And at the end of the day, you, these unique issues, usually what we are talking about, it stems from the point that Mark made about the uh, – income, the earning potential of men. And this would not be an issue. It would not even be a conversation up to up for debate if we were talking hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars coming into a particular household. But we're talking less than 100000 coming into a household for a lot of our people. It's an issue. So it's a much deeper issue that we have to begin to address. We have to begin to address the mindset and begin to de- develop entrepreneurial-type mindsets. Stop we have to develop the do away with the poverty mindset and the younger couples that you mentioned who who realize okay let me put this put these contentions this disunity aside let us come together bring our individual incomes into this one let's make a power let's become a power couple by bringing our resources putting it into the pot and building together that's what we need to evolve to that's the mutual respect and relationships and partnerships that I'm referring to uh, no, it I, makes I sense. would say this. So what I'm gonna do is let me let me do this. Let me do this real quick. We're gonna go to unfortunately here's another quick break. So we're gonna go to a quick break, and I'm gonna let you respond, yeah, because I I wanna ask a specific question from based on what the tree said to you, and then we'll get to the caller. We have the caller out there for the call, for everybody on the line that's listening. You must press one to let us know that you want to speak on this morning's show. So make sure if you are out there listening, press one. If you're online, the number to get into the discussion is six four six. Seven eight seven one six nine one. Again, that number is six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. We have a lot of callers out there, but press one if you want to speak. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. But all I ask is that you think. Are you ready to finally have a solution to your credit problems? Are you tired of high interest rates, loan denials? 
and high security deposit requirements? Whether you're looking to buy a home or car, or you're looking to improve your credit score for other reasons, we can help you permanently stop embarrassing credit card application denials, even if you've tried everything. We'd like to introduce you to Exodus Credit Repair. Exodus Credit Repair is a unique blend of financial services that help you address your spending, debt, financial knowledge, and most importantly, your credit score. For more information on Exodus Credit Repair, please contact them at exoduslifechange.com or directly at 678-580-1756. Again, that number is 678-580-1756. Patrice makes some strong points before the break. Yeah, and my question to you specific, I know you're going to respond anyway, but here's a specific question if you don't. I think when we talk about, in a sense, the earning potential, and I do agree with all of you in the sense that of this kind of conversation becoming more than about money because that's what makes it relevant to, you know, how we're going to move forward. So some good points made there. But the example that Latrice lays out, say we have a sister who has went on to become a professional and that income is that type of difference. And I, and I have a friend who's done exactly what Latrice is talking about and both of he was an entrepreneur, his wife was a doctor, and they reversed it. And he's a great teacher, too. So but knowing him as closely as I know him, since they wanted to be at home with the children, I'm assuming they decided he is better fitted to teach the children. And the children are so more advanced than the average children because of as much time he puts into educating them, um, you know, at home. So I've seen it work, you know, again, He's one of the few and far in between because a lot of times when I've seen that dynamic try, try some of the ego things have come into play, whether it be for the man or even the woman resenting it. And, it, and I think that's related to what Latrice talked about, the aspect of maybe thinking of the old traditional roles ended up hurting those relationships. But this friend of mine, they are very successful. She definitely respects him as the man. I think it's unique to see it because it typically doesn't go that way, but I have seen, and, you know, again, this is one example, um, but in that scenario, if there is that significant difference in the relationship where they've decided to make a go at it, uh, yeah, Latrice asked that question, what is she to do? Should she stay at home, you know, and she's the big biggest breadwinner, or should it should it reverse? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, because, again, I know that reality is happening for a lot of our women in America, specifically based on men's earnings potential. Go ahead, King. Well, this is something I speak on. I talk to a lot of couples about it, just men in general, because my whole thing is about helping black men become better. In a situation like that, I would I would have told Patrice that make sure that man has a blueprint of what he's trying to do. I think that, for one, let me say this before I go on. I've, I know I've been around a lot of black brothers that's, that's doing six and seven figures. So the notion that a black man has to settle for less because he's a black man in America in today, that that's kind of that's kind of more of a a, um, a crutch than more of a reality. I'm seeing a lot of men. Hold on, I, mean, hold on. I want to make sure I'm clear, understanding you clearly before you go forward. I, I need to understand what you just said, because um, when you, okay, you because because it sounds like you reversed what we've been saying, and it's fine, 
but I just want to make sure I'm understanding you clearly before you go forward. Um, you're mm-hmm. saying that the, the what's the crutch now? Because generally speaking, like the, the earning numbers, unfortunately, I'm talking about, again, I said the reality, of, again, I'm not saying that that's all you're going to make. We're just talking about, generally speaking, how much black men currently make. So when we say there's yeah, a lot yeah, of I'm, men I'm, making yeah. six figures, that's not a reality for our community. So I, I, I think we got to be fair with the information, though. Just going to throw that out to you. And again, I'm not oh, trying to go against I know you. Personally, but, okay. Yeah. Per, I'm, I'm speaking of men that I personally know. Uh, I mean, I guess I didn't word it right. Men that I personally know or know of through business or networking, they're making six figures and seven figures. So I'm, I'm putting that out mm-hmm. there to make it be known that if a black man is willing to make certain sacrifices, Okay, he can make six figures. Like I've said before, if a woman, if a black woman can make six figures and be a single mother, why can't a black man? And I'm saying that those numbers of them making forty-five thousand a year, yes, that is a reality. But that also can reflect on the mindset of those men of just becoming complacent because now we're in a society where, well, the woman is making more money. I'm just gonna go find me one that makes money and just just feed off of that, leech off of that, and just be at home. And I think that dynamic is unhealthy because there's certain intricate things about a woman, her feminineness about her that as men we do not have. And there's a dynamic she brings to that house that we cannot as men bring. There's a reason why she's the internal aspect of ourselves, and we need her in that role to make us better. Now, to answer the question about – So let me ask you one quick question. One quick question with that. Okay. Yeah, let me yeah, let me yeah, yeah. If she's if she if she's already making that based on what you just said, would you say she would need to find someone who makes more than her? And and the reason I'm asking you that question because we've done a previous show where we were getting into the specifics of the numbers, and that wasn't easy for a a, a woman to find a man who was making more. Because I I respect what you're saying that, and I don't disagree with mm-hmm. you that you know there are things that men that as we should do to ensure that we're not in that situation. So I think that's a fair thought as well. But for the sister who's already doing it, and if the numbers are slim, what, what, did you, what do you suggest for her? Because she, she, this is, this she can't wait I, for us to listen to you and catch her, if that makes sense. Right, 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 yeah. So this is what I would suggest. Before you even have a child with that man, and hopefully before you even end up in a committed relationship with him in the beginning stages, find out what is his ambition and blueprint financially, okay? If he's just stuck on just being right there, I mean, that's, that's your call as a woman if you want to settle for that or, or accept that. But from a man's uh, understanding of how he's supposed to be, no man should be settling for where he's at. He should be, be able to offer you, okay, yeah, Empress, this is where I'm at. I'm making 45, but this is where I'm trying to end up at. Okay, if he's showing you that he's trying to end up at six figures and he has a, a good solid blueprint that he's working towards, okay, you work with that, you see him put into action, and then once he's able to build up to that level to where now, okay, if she gets pregnant, she doesn't have to go back to that six figure work because he's making enough money to take care of the family. Okay, that's the whole dynamic that needs to be so put into you're that. You're speaking euphemistically, though. I mean, the reality is that for a lot of women, there is limited childbearing time for women. And so you can speak euphemistically about this man who may be making $45,000, and here's my action plan, and here are my goals, and here's my execution strategy. But at the end of the day, in this country, they still have to overcome the systemic racism, the obstacles 
that our community has to overcome to arrive at that level. And it's not that they settle. It's not that many of them are complacent. It's just that many of them have a difficult time overcoming the systemic barriers that prevent them from doing so. And so should a woman who has, you know, 15, 20-year expectancy of, you know, to be healthy, of healthy childbearing years, should we wait until that person, you know, gets to that $100,000 or six or seven figure income before we have children? I mean, again, I see things differently because I, from, I guess maybe because the people I surround myself with, um, I don't think it's, 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 it's not a, it is a reality from what I'm saying because, again, if a man is, 40 years old, for example, a black man. He doesn't have no criminal background that's preventing him from, from climbing up the ladder, yet he's stuck at $40,000 a year. That, that, that right there can show you that, okay, he, has, he lacks ambition. All face racism. I face racism. Okay, I face racism from all. Oh, come on, man. We face no. racism. Black uh, men. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have the hold for a while. So I'm going to jump in. I'm going to jump in. Yeah, yeah, please let me, let me, yeah, please let me jump in because the Mikos mm-hmm. hasn't had a chance to speak. So I want to let okay. Nico speak in. I will, I will echo Nico's reality because what, what now what what happens is I definitely respect that you're speaking from your relative circle. That's what that's what we as humans naturally do. So you being surrounded in a circle of men who do that, I definitely respect it a hundred percent. I will say, and I'll let Nico jump in. Typically, when you have that relative circle, sometimes you're not privy to the realities for those outside of your circle. And I can tell you firsthand, having friends on the complete dynamic, and I'm the, I will admit to being on the lower end of what I bring in, in income-wise since I went on this entrepreneur route, I'm on the lower end, so I'll admit to it. I'm not making an excuse for myself, but I definitely have friends that are lower than me and some that are multimillionaires, and it's not as simple as – the lack of ambition, and I think Demikos is set right, starting coming in with that sentiment. Go ahead, uh, Demikos. Yeah, no. Whenever, whenever I speak, I'm speaking from a perspective that that studies the general rule, as you always say, Montoya. Don't take, you cannot make the exceptions. The the general rule, the rule. So, right. To, to say that, to, and again, that goes back to my point. Why so many black men, especially, continuously opt for marrying, continuously opt for committing, is because beliefs like that, that come out of that belief system of the provider and the supporter, it constrains them. It makes them feel that they're not good enough for somebody, not good enough to be with a woman, to help build with a woman. And the problem with that is that you don't approach, it doesn't allow one to approach relationships with the perspective of development. It, it, it encourages them to approach relationships and marriage with the perspective of completion, project complete. I'm done doing, building up myself to a certain level. Now I can finally have the woman I want, which it becomes a problem because the woman then who is with the man who's highly successful or, or affluent, he then sees her as a trophy or an object to his success. So what happens as that trophy and object ages, and changes and new ones come in, he's going to eventually replace her, all right? Or he's going to get to a place where he where he loses, might lose his success, and therefore he may start to, uh, he, he, he may, since he sees that she's a part of that success, when his success changes, so will his relationship with her. So um, those are all very, that, that all comes out of that toxic 
belief system of provider and a supporter. And that's why even you look at about, you look at the uh, African cultures, you have to keep in mind those men are all making those six figures, and those are ambitious men, all right? So, and, and, and you have a where it now even many African Africans who come out of their, Af- their home countries and come to America who have adapted um, have also, you see it to where the woman is working, the man is working, and they still practice the tradition. She'll wash his hands before dinner. She has a certain respect, uh, respect and integrity for his words and his wishes. So you can those both can coexist. Again, my issue with a lot of ancient African cultures and societies is that lack of maneuverability for growth, and that's always going to be your death, your country's destiny, always. So to say that a, so a black man, I want black men to know that you are enough. That you have to approach being with a woman, uh, uh, as in, it's not as in you can help, you can be a help to her. Just because you don't have it all together doesn't mean. And then, and we always take the most disparaging aspects and the most poorest qualities of black men and put that on the forefront as a representative of a black man. Mm-hmm. No, that's not us at all. We don't even deal with black men who don't want to do anything for themselves. But most black men are doing something for themselves. They're trying to do things for themselves, and they just need a little help and assistance. We're all better off together than we all are off separately and individually. That's what this all boils down to. Hey, all right, let me go to the callers. I got, a couple, I, got a couple, I got a couple callers. I don't want to leave them on hold too long, so I'm sorry, but I know you got to yeah, get these callers in. If you want to get in, please press 1 to let us know you want to speak. I got Brother Aunt waiting on the line. Again, I'm going to let him get in again. All right. Sorry so about I the long hold. If you will. Yeah, go, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. You're only going to be able to address like one of them. I got another caller behind you. Sorry. Man. Listen, man. We cannot take archaic Stone Age, Bronze Age, Iron Age culture and the way they treated women and supplant it to North America. We are in the space age. And the problem with black people is we're not scientifically literate and we do not recognize that we're in the space age. Brother made some sense of one of his folks. The sisters off the chain, which is absolutely right. And no matter what y'all say, it's always been about food, clothing, and shelter. It's always been about the money. You can talk it and say what you want to say. Money is simply resources. From the beginning of humanity, it's always been about the resources. It's these resources that allow us to take care of our family. There's no other reason for being here but to acquire resources to raise the next generation to the age of reproduction. And everything needs to be based around that. And for those who, not, who do not base things around that, you're getting stomped out. And so you can bring the archaic practice of, well, traditional Africa. Well, hell, last time I checked, we ain't been in traditional Africa for 600 years. We don't know how to be a traditional African. We're African-Americans. The whole culture right. dynamic has changed. And that does not mean we're not an African people uh, that came from Africa. That does not mean we do not recognize our ancestors, but we African-Americans. And so at the end of the day, you cannot tell a woman stop making $150,000 to stay home while you make $50,000. Your family is not going to be able to make it. You're not going to be able to make buy proper food, you know what I'm saying, proper health care. It's the most craziest thing ever. So, you know what I'm saying, although I love Africa, right, I got enough sense to know when you interview African women from Africa, they be like, the men be on some bullshit. See, that's the truth. 
that's the cold hard fact we don't want to talk about. We don't want to talk about the truth. So mistreating women and think you got to stay at home. Some women aren't even fit to nurture babies all the time. How about Fact. that? Some women can't cook. How about that? Some men take care of the babies better than the women. How about that? So this idea that the women has a defined role is all based off of monotheism. I bet you. And the way they said, the man must treat the woman. And so you got to read Dion's book. She can't read Dion's book, chapter 5. And he talks about clans. And these clans predate any religion. And even these clans were founded by men. But on the African side of the house, the men gave the women equal villainship. See, we don't talk about that. It was the Indo-European stock that said the women had to specifically do this. So we need to really know what the hell we talked about when we start throwing around uh, just no African concepts. <laughs> it's just fake age people. Stop it. I, I wish I could be in long, so I got a second. Nah, no, absolutely. I'll let you bring your passion, brother. You was getting it out. I didn't want to interrupt you, man, but you said a lot. Appreciate uh, We're going to go to another caller and keep this thing moving. Right. Man. we got a half hour okay. left on this show, man. Like Appreciate the talk. We, I will address. Yeah. <laughs> nah, absolutely. I'm going to squad up. Nah, you're all right, King. Yeah. All right, thanks a lot, King. All right. Let's get you back in. I got Brother Pianchi on the next, on the next up, on the, giving us history since. Brother Piaggi, you know, uh, give us a three How you doing, of, uh, St. Louis King? How you doing? Doing good, King. I, I'm doing fine. And you know, I'm not trying to be mean and insulted. And I follow, uh, agree with what Ox said. Blacks in America, Africa, they are Americans. You're not Africans. And I can tell you firsthand because I'm married to a Ghanaian, <clears throat> and my first wife was my ten year old neighborhood sweetheart until she passed away in 2008. But I know this country, and, and I don't know no place in Africa where women are washing men's hands. I don't. Now, I've been to quite a few countries. But the thing is, is that you have to put yourself in a position where you can extract as much wealth out of this country, which is one of the best places on earth to be. I wouldn't want to be no place else right now, like everybody else is doing. Blacks are overrepresented in low-paying majors. And this thing about you shouldn't go to college – well, how would you become an entrepreneur? If you can't go and work for somebody, sell your skills, well, why are you selling your skills with that company you're working for? You are learning what that company do. I couldn't have went to Harvard or Yale and, and came out learning how to erect structures still, putting up office buildings and bridges. I had to work at that to learn the innards of that company, of that type of that of that industry. So no, it's nothing wrong with going to college. But when you go to college, don't be taking up Black history as a major, psychology as a major, early childhood development as a major. The STEM field is what they are demanding, and they're paying people with them very handsomely. Then you learn from who you're working for, and if you want to come out and compete against them. But to come straight out of a school and compete against them is just totally not ain't gonna happen. And no, the, our parents back and, and I'm not attacking this young lady, this woman, but our parents back in those days could not have told us that because they didn't have those experiences themselves. The best thing that you can tell a person is based on your own experiences. That way you don't go down Street B, which has a dead end at the end. When you enter that street, it looks all nice and dandy. But get down to the end of the street like I did, and you're going to see the doom and gloom. That's why I say don't go down that street. Thank you very much.
Hey, brothers, let me say this before you go, and this will be the fellow of Latrice, and I'll let Latrice respond as well. And just to be fair, uh, in her mentioning what we were told, she wasn't saying it was a bad thing to be told that. She's just saying that we're moving into an age where now we are able to become entrepreneurs like yourself. You know, like we can teach oh, yeah, our so I, I agree down. with that. Uh, yeah, so I just want to yeah, let can you Can I tell you something else? Y'all ain't going to want to hear this. I just want to make sure you understood. She wasn't yeah. saying they were telling us that. You know, out of you know, just I'm gonna tell you something else. You, you may path. not want to hear. If you want to marry somebody sincere and all that, go go abroad and marry somebody. Go over Africa and find a wife, and find a husband. It's a whole different experience. And I'm saying that because it's gonna be very difficult because of reasons beyond control that you're gonna find that like minded or even likable person here in the United States. We don't have the mechanism in order to create that. Good men are created. Good males, That for a male to become a man, that is a process. That ain't something you wake up on your 21st day and, bye-bye, I'm a man. It don't work like that. Thank you. Nah, thanks a lot. What I'll say about Brother Pierre, because he process. calls quite often, is he is, a, he is a brother who has, you know, speaking of his 10-year-old sweetheart, who literally she never had to work a day in his life. So even so, just it's just a perspective. It's trying to understand it. Again, I'm just moderating, trying to bring all the perspectives to the table. Um, the truth, I think I was going to let you go ahead and jump in. If you want to get in from the phone lines, please press one to let us know you want to speak. I do have another caller, but I'll let Teresa, I'll let you jump in before okay. I go to the caller. So I'll quickly say that this day should go down in history because Brother Bianchi and I actually agree. Bianchi um, <laughs> with a P, so. that's all you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Brother so, yeah, Bianchi. We actually uh-huh. agree. Brother Tianka, we actually agree. And so, um, actually, um, it's Yale that I, I don't agree with, and I think that his comments actually bring in that toxicity that I'm talking about. His comments bring in the toxicity that makes a man feel like, well, i got to go out here and do this because I'm not a man if I'm a stay-at-home dad. We need to dispel with that because the reality in this country is that oftentimes black women in this country are more educated. They do have the opportunity to earn more money. And, yes, that man can be an entrepreneur, and he may have these great ideas and the plan of execution, but that takes time. It takes overcoming obstacles. And it also takes those resources, those economic resources that his wife, who earns more money, is bringing in to fulfill that execution. And so we need to be mindful of that. And when we compare African relationships to African-American relationships, we're comparing apples to, say, watermelons. Because they're, they're, they're the same people. Historical, they're the same no, they're, people. They have not had the same experiences they're, that led us to know they are not. They are historically ancestral, we are, right. but from an experience right. perspective, we are not. Right. So let me jump in. So let me jump in. Gonna, yeah, so you'll be just, able to respond. So let me jump in. Let me jump in. Hey, you're responding to me. You're responding. You're going to be able to respond. Yeah, let me jump in and say one thing. I'm putting my personal standpoint, and I want you to respond to Latrice. You definitely have, have the floor after this. So my question to you is, this is my real-life experience, what I'm hearing being put forward. Having tired of the workforce, went through some terrible experiences. Um, I, don't, I don't want to make – and I don't have a real good excuse in the sense that I got let go some, some, uh, maybe about seven or eight years ago for something I didn't do, I could, and then and it left a bitter taste but I still tried to stay in the workforce. My job moved. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go on this path. So I chose this later in my life than maybe somebody who chose it in their 20s 
or like Coach Tobikos, who started you know becoming an entrepreneur in his twenties, from what I understand. So I so mm-hmm. I'm so I'm that forty year old that you spoke about, who's trying to build something. And I'm not saying I've done it correctly. I'm not trying to rationalize mm-hmm. myself. I, I don't have a real excuse because I I should be f- further along than I am. But in considering mm-hmm. a family, and and you know you and I are getting to know each other, and mm-hmm. I lean towards a lot of your tradition. But I will say, as I listen to the coach Demikos and Latrice, I do concern myself: Am I worthy to move into a relationship? And 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 part of it is I definitely want to reach reach a certain stage before you know to be fair to that woman because I do have to be in a sense have this concept that I do need to be able to quote take care of the home per se. So I, mm-hmm. I have that, but I do hear those aspects. And so when I hear a brother Priyanki who has done it the traditional way say, well, in America there are different dynamics, you know, what do you, you know, in a sense say to a younger version of me who I think is given more uh, leeway with what they're trying to build and if that dynamic, quote-unquote, dynamic sister likes that young man, again, he has a plan, but it may not be the plan where he keep, lets her stay home one day. Is that, is that okay in your eyes? Uh, and I think that's what's, what's being challenged here. And I'm not personally challenging you, but I am wanting to hear, is there any adaptability in a, in a country in which people do build wealth quite often together to, to a certain extent. Now, what I agree with you is the wealthiest pe- wealthiest of the people seem to do it more your way, at least from the numbers that I look at. So I will say that the wealthiest Americans, but we're now talking about the top 5% that are, you know, that mm-hmm. have the most money, is typically not both people working. So I will give you that much credit. But the reality is to be comfortable and, and leave a legacy for the next generation, most of us will not be in that top 5%. So what are your thoughts from, from that standpoint? Well, I see what you're saying. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, you can build wealth with two people working in the house. And I will say, to kind of answer your question, I'll go back and say, if you go back to the founding financial fathers of America, okay, the white people who put this whole system together of, of, of finances, they did it the traditional way. That's how their descendants now mm-hmm. is in the top percent because their forefathers and forefathers did it the traditional way because they had long-term vision. They understood what it meant to really build something. They took the examples of Africa, okay, applied it to their system, and now they have an empire. So if you want to remodel that in the black community, we have to go back. Because a leopard can't change its spots. You have to go back to the original blueprint of how you truly build something. Now, today, yes, both people can work. You can build a certain level of wealth. We, we see it, but at what cost? The, the, the bigger – we're not looking at the bigger picture. At what cost? Today, black people in America today are doing exactly what you're saying. Both people are working. Women are making more money, whatever. whatever. Men are staying at home. Has it helped the black community collectively? It has not. We are actually getting deeper and deeper in the identity crisis, deeper and deeper in the whole as a whole. Men are not being men. Women are being overly – women are actually being abused. Independent women are being abused. They may not accept it. They may not want to recognize it, but they are being abused. Okay, when I see our black women out here doing all these things, birthing, raising them by themselves, working how many hours a day, working how many jobs a day, doing this, doing that, when I look into their souls, I see women who are exhausted. They are tired. 
And all you hear from the men is that, oh, well, I ain't about to let no woman, no trick use me. And back to what I was saying about the whole money, I, I wasn't saying that a man is less than. What I'm saying is that this mindset that you just stay where you at, because I reach out to a lot of black American men. I reach out to more than anybody else. And I've had black American men that I've opened up opportunities to, to better themselves, to even make six figures. And they flowered out, looked at me and be like, man, that's too much work. Oh, I can't do it. Um, I can't mm-hmm. sacrifice. I can't be away from the from the mm-hmm. you know the yawning for that long. So I get that a lot from Black American men. That mindset that I'm not gonna go sacrifice myself to better mm-hmm. myself. They want to enjoy life. Nah, that, was, that, that, that makes sense. That makes sense why you're yeah kind of yeah why you have such a stronghold there. Let me throw this back to to the Rubicos and the treats. So as again I told you. Personally, I transitioned, and my transition is this. This comes from this reality. The transition was, I grew up not in a sense have. Um, I grew up in the South, so my grandfather, in a sense, was that breadwinner. But my grandmother always worked all all I knew. So again, it's kind of an American paradigm. So, but again, he definitely brought in most of the money or whatever. And you know, I didn't know all the intricacies, but my, you know, my grandmother never made as much as my grandfather, so I'll say that. And you know, when he passed away, he was able to leave a home. You know, just kind of that traditional. It still was traditional in that sense. He was the majority breadwinner. Outside of my grandparents and in the South, people in that generation, I haven't seen that for the rest of my for the rest of my life. I didn't see any examples of the tradition. And what I will say in studying the overall, again, I come from the overall community aspect that for people who believe is Yale, and as I'm watching a lot of couples kind of transition back to that tradition, I their discussions are much different than what myself, you know, and you, me and you, Debico, so me and you, Latrice, were, the discussions that we're having about our community. When I watch groups who, who are kind of returning to the tradition, their conversations are much healthier in reference to the wealth of the community, and again, not just the money, but just the their, how prepared their children are, you know, even to navigate America. So I'm kind of saying that when when Yale says at what cost, I will say, and we, I wish we could do it a whole other hour, that there is some cost aspects that are being lost on on some of the traditions that he's talking about. And so what I'll say, and I'll let you know, I'll let y'all both jump in, is that if we could adapt some tradition into today's time, I think the truth is always in the middle, we could have a better paradigm shift, and that paradigm being one in which if we raise men, like Brother Piaki said, you have to, men don't just pop up and be men. If we were to get back to two-parent homes where a, a man is, in a sense, fulfilling his responsibility, regardless of whether he's the breadwinner at this moment. But if we could get some of that back, could say, hey, here's the ultimate goal, that our children are not having to get taught outside the home. Uh, and you could kind of make that the goal. And if you, in a sense, strive for that and reach some part of that, I think it would head us in a better path than just simply trying to navigate this in the dynamic where, as Brother Yeah said, our women are out here being overworked because I do think that is a reality based on the paradigm that we're currently in, that I think the recovery of that paradigm is to consider some aspects of 
men stepping up to ensure the community is protected because we are not just allowing our women to overwork themselves. Um, D'Amico, um, I'll let you start uh, with the response to, to what I'm saying. I know I said a lot, but I'm trying to basically, you know what I mean, like come between the two yeah. to see where we can find an answer. Yeah, so uh, so two things real quick. The first thing is with these traditions, is there an African group or community that's teaching these traditions to our community? Or do they have set up establishments where they're training us for this type of relationship, you know, model and structure that's based out of tradition? That's the first thing I want to push back and challenge. Because it's the answer is yes. Just so you know, the answer is yes. The answer is yes. Just yeah, the answer is yes. Though just notice notice your answer is the answer is yes. That's how I'm learning it because I'm following groups that are teaching. Just so you know, go ahead. Okay, fair, fair. Granted, granted. I would love to see. I would love to see that model, and I would love to try to help push that upon my my followers and community as well. So I please send me that information. That needs to be a nationwide effort as well. There has to be. We cannot uh, create an expectation without showing people a way of how to fulfill, you know, that that standard of living. So that's the entire first point. Secondly, love, love to cut the, you off. That's the, what I. That's what I'm trying to do with the black men. Just trying to get them towards trying to right. teach them. No, that's what very, we yeah, that's a, yeah. All right. Right. Okay. So okay. let me so this, let me say let me say this real quick. I want to reiterate something and then you give your second point. So when Yeah is saying that he's offering those opportunities, I think. He's also saying I, because he has traditional ways, he wants to teach some. So some people are rejecting it. That, so so that is what's happening in the group that I'm watching. They are selective because they feel like a lot of American mindsets are not ready for the training that they absolutely do give. I just want to let you know that, that it exists right. to that extent. Right. They want to train it to everybody, but they don't know if a lot of us are ready for it. Right. Go ahead, King. Right, right. So let me jump in real quick. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's fair. I, Go ahead. No, no, I no, you brought it up before, and I, I agree to that. Uh, again, my issue with just make it for everybody. Don't make. There are going to be people who are going to reject it regardless. I'm not speaking to that group, Montoya. I'm just saying, speaking generally, there are people who are going to reject this notion. Every training faces that objection, no matter what, credit repair, whatever. So. I would love to see that a national. Uh, I would see. A, I would love to see a push for that on a national agenda to help train us for that. So that's one. Two is Africans to know that the Black American that's in America has a unique experience than any other creed or ethnic group around the world has ever experienced. There's never been a group that's been through chattel slavery and went on to flourish and, and, and grow the way that we've grown in a short amount of time. We've only been out of slavery less than 250 years. All right, so you're t- only talking about really two, three, three great-grandmothers removed from slavery that we went from being illegal for us to read to us running multi-billion-dollar corporations. All right, so, so that's why I want Africans to p- apply context when they're looking upon us is to, like, instead of these people aren't doing what my people have been doing for centuries, right, for centuries to understand that these, this, why, to be more amazed and appreciative for what a group of people have been able to do in, in just a matter of a few hundred years while having, while 
also having endured the worst circumstances to have ever existed upon humanity in, in, the, in world history. So those are the two points that I, I, I want to highlight, the training, mm-hmm. and I want Africans to have a contextual look at African Americans instead of a disparaging look or a negative look uh, on, upon African Americans the way that we are today. Very strong thoughts. The funny thing is, literally, the the Middle Dollar Community Club this afternoon just to throw this out and the truth you come in is we're actually going to see the documentary um, um, "Slavery by Another Name," which actually details the facts of how enslavement really lasted until about the 1940s, um, specifically in the South. And so that is a lot of context. So you don't even get the 200 years that you spoke about, you know what I mean, if you want to get into the actual facts. And it is a true factor that plays into the mindset and the realities of, um, you know, in a sense, progressing within this country. So uh, a lot of strong thoughts to me, Coach Latrice. um, Take it over, Queen. Okay. So um, first, you know, you said that there's training being given and and that some people aren't ready. And, And I would challenge that with, is it that they aren't ready or is it that, the, the trainer's understanding of the real lived experiences of African Americans in this country, is that not understood? Because, you know, he was saying that we're the same, but because of our real lived experiences, the real lived experiences of our ancestors, we have a different mindset, and unfortunately that mindset does not work to our advantage. So there has to be the undoing of that initial mindset that someone enters into with, and that takes time. It takes understanding. It takes compassion and empathy. It can't be dismissed or disparaged as, oh, well, we're the same simply because we share the same skin color. There are differences as a result of how we came to be in this country, and that has to be acknowledged, understood, and empathized with and dealt with and addressed in order for those layers to be removed and begin to rebuild that more traditional or that more uplifting kind of mindset. Now, to your point, Montoya, I don't disagree with you. I made a post yesterday about mental health and people being so bitter, and that post was made because there was so much bitterness and negativity being thrown out about a commercial holiday and men don't let these women fool you. It, it, was just, it, was, it, it just showed the hurt that exists and the disunity that exists between black men and black women, and that bothers me. And so, yes, I agree that we need to figure out a way to become a unified community of people. We need to get back to the point where we are raising our families together and that you don't have three and four kids outside of your primary household so that the wealth that you generate, the money that you earn, comes to build your family, your household, that one household. And until we get back to that, we're going to be mired in poverty. Something else that you said about the forefathers and the 5%, well, well, yeah, they set it up, but then when you look at the field of play that they've been allowed to play on versus the field of play that we've been allowed to play on, there are distinctive differences because in our field of play, there are, there's barbed wire, there are potholes, there are, are trenches, <laughs> all of these obstacles that we have to overcome that our forefathers implemented to ensure that we were oppressed. And so when you, we, we can't say that, well, they set it up properly. They set it up properly so that people that are less melanated can achieve success. And they implemented systemic practices to ensure that people that are, that are melanated people are oppressed, and we are still overcoming that. You can't dismiss that. And I think that is a problem. 
Uh, I'm gonna say right, let me say this thing. Yeah, just yeah, to kind let me of say this real quick. Yeah, 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 I'm gonna let you, you got it, brother. Brother, you got it. Just let me throw in one quick thing before you get it. Um, just to, I want to give another piece of credit to again a, a group that I'm following. Uh, I I definitely see some levels of empathy, maybe not to the degree that 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 would. If again, knowing you, Latrice, that you would be okay with. But here's a one thing that, that that they've laid out that I think is a great perspective is the the, the factual consideration for that forty five thousand dollar number that Mark threw out earlier, right? They get they they consider that concept, and what they will say is, be careful, do not get caught up in the consumerism of America to the extent that it keeps you from building a family. And so it, it was, I was going to play a cut from Chris Rock talking about how. Uh, how women can't go back in 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 lifestyle or whatever again it's just, it was a funny thought just to make you know to bring some light to this morning's discussion but I wasn't able to play it but what they were saying was that in that that if you find that brother who is you know making thirty thousand forty five fifty thousand or whatever who who does have a plan that there may be some realistic consumer sacrifices that you should make that will lead you to much more wealth than you could ever make, per se, if you're both just working outside the home trying to make it, that if, that if you could make some sacrifices in where you live and how you live with a long-term plan in mind, again, they're just throwing it out to say the, the typical consumer mindset does, does gets in the way of building wealth in that manner. Yeah, go ahead if you will, King. No, I agree. I'm going to say two things right quick. Um, the illusion, for number one, the illusion that – foreign black people in America don't face racism as much as or even more than black Americans. We too, that, that we face racism sometimes even more. The difference is that we don't like, we don't come with the mindset thinking that America owes us anything. And we have a plan of what we're trying to accomplish. I've even faced racism from my own black American people, but I still love them to death. We work our butts off no matter what it takes make sacrifices no matter how great they are to accomplish the end result. And we don't walk around yeah. thinking that we owed anything or we tell them anything. Right. Secondly, and, and, and what uh, you're saying right now, brother, we only got we only got about two minutes, so I want to be, because we do these discussions all the time, what you're talking about, unfortunately, has nothing to do with systemic. Like we're reducing it to, yeah, because I do right. understand that. And we've had shows yeah. where, we've had shows where, you know, I will tell any African-American that, that 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 the way we treat our African brothers who come here is literally more on us. Sometimes we look more at y'all. But again, that's getting into the individual stuff. The systemic right. stuff is not about who's facing, in a sense, the most racism. When you have systemic situations as far as how much your home is worth, like that's a bigger factor than you know did, did somebody not like you today. So I'm just kind of throwing it out right. there. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. Working your butt off. Working your butt off is not a response to systemic. It's just it's not a yeah. it's not a response to systemic stuff. Just to be fair, no, Go I'm just saying that we only got a couple minutes. Same, we, stay, we face the same barbed wires and stuff. But and then secondly, what no. I want to say too is most of my years I spent yeah, with yeah, my you not, in yeah, you not face the same. Majority of my yeah. years in America, and I was raised traditional in America. So yes, you can have a healthy home traditionally. My parents raised eight kids. My mom never had to work. My my dad provided, and that allowed us to be raised a certain level of of culture, maturity, healthy understanding, 
not toxic. We saw a healthy relationship with our parents to where now as a man, I'm able to have a healthy perception of women. Right. I don't see women as sex objects. I don't see them as just let me go get my nut off. Let me just make baby mamas. You know what I'm saying? And y'all, very, and I'm very strict on this. Like, if you're not going to have a healthy relationship with a woman, you should not be messing with a woman. If, you don't get, if you're not prepared for her, don't get involved with a woman. So I grew up in America. The most part of my years, I grew up in America making it happen. So when people say it cannot happen, it can happen. My dad was responsible for right. eight kids and my mom. And we ate every day. And he'll tell you he'll do it again. Hey, I love but it. We yes, got 30 seconds. So we're going to go ahead and end this. No, I want to end this, but I will say there is balance in what we're hearing and what Brother Yeah just spoke to, that if we could consider and just not just reject it on its head, that we consider shooting for some of what he's talking about, we can find balance even in us starting out working together is what I will say. There is balance between these two conversations, but the context is very real as well. Thank you all very much for the lively discussion. We'll see you all next Saturday. All I ask is that you think. Hurry into Old Navy for $2 cozy socks today only. Plus, tomorrow only get 50% off all sweaters for the family. Don't miss out. Hurry in for $2 cozy socks today at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Socks valid 217, outerwear valid 218, excludes in-store clearance. Hurry into Old Navy for $2 cozy socks today only. Plus, tomorrow only get 50% off all sweaters for the family. Don't miss out. Hurry in for $2 cozy socks today at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Socks valid 217, outerwear valid 218, excludes in-store clearance.